0: Welcome to the Alkaline Unplugged podcast. I'm Erin Perzuski, a functional fitness expert and holistic health coach. I am the founder and CEO of Alkaline, a health and wellness company that operates boutique fitness franchises across the US. I live in Menlo Park, California with my husband and two young daughters. I am joined by my podcast partner, Kathy Purnell, a master instructor at Alkaline and a former special education teacher. She has three grown daughters and lives in Los Altos with her husband, Jeff. Together, we bring you Alkaline Unplugged, a collection of conversations on a whole host of topics, from experts in the health and wellness field to the real, raw, and human stories of people like you and me. We look forward to bringing you content that will nourish your mind, body, and soul. We thank you for tuning in and look forward to your comments and feedback. If you like what you hear, we'd appreciate a review on iTunes or wherever you're listening. As a disclaimer, neither Kathy nor I are licensed medical professionals. The materials and content in this podcast are intended to be general information and are not to be considered a substitute for medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment.
1: Welcome to a very special edition of Alkaline Unplugged. I'm here today with my podcast partner in crime, Erin Paraszewski. Hi, Erin. Hi, Kathy. Hey, so yeah. just the two of us what? today. <laughs> I know. I know it's so great. All right, the last few months. Tell me. It's yeah. been
0: an interesting time. <laughs> I know. It's been uh it's been a rough few months. Obviously, this is not the 2020 we were planning for, but I guess we're 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 seeing some light at the end of the tunnel. We just got word that we can reopen our Menlo studio. So that's exciting. And hopefully Los Altos will follow and Irvine opened earlier this week. That's awesome.
1: And you know, when I look back on where we were three months ago, I have such a vision of a conversation with you in the studio in Los Altos, when you realized that we were going to have to make this sharp turn, this pivot into something different. And, I just have to applaud you for all that has happened. So what for our listeners who may not know exactly how and the ways in which we've pivoted the business, why don't you kind of give us a little background?
0: Yeah. So I mean our core business is in-person group fitness classes in brick and mortar studios. And we did have an online on-demand offer where which were pre-recorded classes, but for me personally, that's really hard. I'm actually a pretty self-motivated person, but still it's hard for me to carve out time. It's hard for me to carve out time for self-care anyway, especially in the middle of what became like the biggest pandemic of our lifetime. And we were trying to figure out, okay, if if on-demand, it just is not going to cut it, it's not going to maintain the connection and the the motivation for people to stay active and carve out time for themselves, what will? And so we realized it was actually a Saturday night, I guess it was March 11th, that we were going to close uh, March 13th. And on March 12th, we decided to pilot a, a virtual offering. And we tested at the time a couple different options, a couple different platforms. But the challenge with a lot of the The platforms and things available out there was that they were a one-way interaction where it was the instructor on one side and the client on the other, but there wasn't a connection between the two, which kind of felt a lot like that on-demand offering. It's like, well, if I'm pushing play or joining Zoom and I'm not interacting anyway, what's the difference? And so we tried uh, a platform called Zoom, which is actually a conferencing software, and that seemed to work well. So. We launched our first Zoom class on March 13th. We had basically 24 hours to figure out all the back end systems. And so we didn't really miss a beat in terms of, you know, providing something to our clients. I mean, yes, the first couple of weeks were rocky as we were figuring out all the logistics and and the and the communications and teaching people how to use Zoom and how to book a class and all that. So there was, there was a lot to it. It's a very, it was pretty manual at first. It's still quite manual, but I don't know. I'm pretty proud of what we were able to do so quickly. And so now we're, I guess, 15 weeks later and we have 35 classes, live classes a week virtually. And it's not the same as in person. (laughs) It really isn't, but it's as good as we've been able to get for some time. And you know, one of the big things I I like about it is I get to know who's who's there and and that they're okay because I worry this is like pre COVID times like if I would see someone a lot and then all of a sudden they would kind of disappear and that could have been because they were traveling or because they were <laughs> who knows I, I would you know be driving down the street and think oh I haven't seen so and so for a while and I would check in on them because I always worry that and and it was that actually worry was even worse for me now because now we have this health crisis and so every time I didn't see someone I'm like oh my gosh do they have COVID are they okay so every day I check the roster this sounds kind of creepy but I check to see who's like signing in and then I've been able to reach out to people who I haven't heard from uh, just to make sure they're okay not to you know harass them (laughs) and coming back to alkaline has nothing to do with that but yeah I I call it creepy I think I think it speaks to your
1: desire as a business owner and our desire as a team to maintain the community. That's, that's one of the things that I think really has always set Alkaline apart is that it is a very personal experience. Back when we were in the studio, it was, it, it was noticeable that we as instructors weren't taking the class alongside the clients. We were there to provide physical adjustments, verbal adjustments, connection Between us and our community. And I think, given what our options were, when we had to make that hard left turn into quarantine and the pandemic affecting everything, I think it's super impressive how quickly we were able to get things up and running. Is it ideal? No, ideal will be going back into the studio, and we hope we can do that soon. But this also gives people who you and I, Erin, have talked about this people's bandwidth or how able they are to embrace any risk is variable among people, depending on if they have underlying conditions, depending on how much news they're watching, whatever. But people's desire to come back may be a slower uptick. And now we've got this amazing platform that gives people the opportunity to do several things. They can take a class live on Zoom where we have the opportunity to watch what's happening in their body, to give them the verbal feedback, to give them the shout outs, the motivation, the inspiration, or if they're still kind of trying to figure out, I mean, they're not, most people aren't homeschooling their kids still, but still they've got young kids around and maybe they're trying to work work from home. It gives them the opportunity to be able to take a recorded class whenever they'd like. So I feel like as much as this pandemic has brought around about change that we weren't necessarily wanting to have happened, it has led us to be able to expand our offerings. And I, I think that's really awesome.:
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think this offering I mean, this is something, the virtual live stream is something we will continue. I don't know how robust that offering will be longer term. I think it will be as we start going into the studios. We'll have to be shifting some resources to put there. We're also doing some outdoor classes. We're kind of have like multiple things going on now, which is a little bit of a logistical and scheduling nightmare. But I think the recorded option gives people a lot of flexibility as well. So yeah, I mean, it sort of definitely pushed. I mean, pushed the whole world out of the comfort zone. But I grateful that our team is so resilient and so embraced the opportunity to do things differently even teaching on online virtually is so different than being in person yeah but for me it is it has been like a source of sanity just to be able to see people and to be able to connect i don't know if our listeners realize like how much goes into the way we teach our classes but like you mentioned before in studio we're not taking the class along with our clients we're teaching and watching and it's we've set it up the same way via zoom so there's a designated instructor and then there's also a designated demo so that person is the visual but the instructor can can scroll through all the participants and see what people are doing and give them encouragement all those things that you mentioned and i think for me that has been um, it's so much more rewarding than it would be if I had headset on and I were the visual demo and trying to cue. Yes, I guess I technically would be getting a workout as I was teaching. <laughs> Not that anyone would want to listen to us like huffing and puffing while we're trying to cue all that stuff. We all, Cueing all that stuff is hard enough, but I really like to see what's happening on the other side there are silver linings to any situation. And I think our ability to continue to connect with people. And then the other awesome thing is we've been able to expand and include people who don't live near a studio. So we've gotten family members. The other thing I love is when we are teaching classes and a spouse, a a child, a pet, (laughs) someone's getting in on the action. So it's sort of fun. I feel as much as we've been disconnected in person i feel in some ways more connected to people like i feel honored that people have invited us into our into their homes you know into their living rooms the garage wherever and we're kind of part of their a little bit part of their day to day
1: we also have the opportunity which is cool to take classes from our other studio owners and their team and also we have one instructor who moved away and is able now to teach via Zoom for us, teach a recharge yeah. class. Sarah, yeah. yeah. And
0: then, those, and then we, oh, had, we, we had, to, yeah, Irvine, is, so, yeah, it's fun. And then uh, that's actually something that we're going to be doing more of. We we've been able to expand even our trainings. So we're going to be doing more uh, remote training. And so people who want to teach alkaline, or get trained by alkaline, but don't necessarily live near a studio, we'll be able to do that. And we can build a more robust online offer, which will be cool, be able to reach more people. And of course, if we're able to scale that, we also from a price point can make that more accessible. So yeah, it's all, there's a lot of good stuff that's come out of it. I feel like I know zoom really well. (laughs) I feel like, I don't know what else, what, what have you learned from the From this, Kathy? I've actually learned a lot
1: about myself, honestly. I've learned that there have been times where I've taken the recorded version of a class. And if I compare that to when I actually show up when it's happening and I know that the instructor on the other side of the camera is watching me and paying attention, I work out much harder. I, like you, think of myself as being a pretty self disciplined person and motivated and all those things. But there is something about knowing that somebody's watching me and i think about that all the time when i think about all of the options that people have in terms of online workouts and where it's one way and i think what we're doing is i don't know that there's anybody else who's doing the same thing where that they're actually giving that feedback to our clients to the clients so yeah i've learned that i've learned actually i'm working out more during quarantine than ever because you know, let's face it, I'm not spending time at the mall. I'm not traveling to see my kids. So I might on a day, take a run, take a class, go for a walk. So yeah, I mean, there's been a lot of, a lot of good things. And like anything, there's challenges as well. N- not that I want to focus on the challenges necessarily, but what have you found to be for you both as a business owner and personally? What have been the biggest challenges that this time have brought to you?
0: Well, one of the biggest challenges is just the challenge of the unknown. I'm someone who's very, I think, very far ahead. And then I put the the steps in place to get where I want to go in a pretty deliberate way. So, of course, this is outside my comfort zone because I'm a planner and I don't know what I'm planning for, but I do have lots of contingency plans. So that's good. And I mean, I've honestly, I have been working. I've always spent a lot of time and energy on alkaline, but I've, I mean, that's been exponential (laughs) during this time. I think it's some people are saying, well, oh, it's a time to slow down and reflect. I've had my, like, the pedal to the metal trying to figure out how we're going to accelerate through this time with grace and come out on the other side, no worse for the wear, (laughs) hopefully. So, I think that's the unknown has been challenging. And I think I'm also a numbers person. So I think looking at the reality of what things are going to look like going forward is really hard and not knowing how long it's going to be. So at the beginning of the quarantine, and when we were saying two weeks, I thought, in my mind, we're not going to open until fall. And then winter is going to be really tough because there's going to be resurgence. So I've kind of in my head written off the rest of the year, not in a, Oh, I'm going to sit back and do nothing, but from a, what, what does normal look like? I don't know when we're going to ever return to that. And so that's been really challenging. Just trying to assess like, is this something that the business model we had before will probably not be again for quite some time. And what do we do How do we pivot and how do we supplement so that we can make it through and at least give it enough of a go once we reopen to see if it's going to be sustainable? So some things we've been doing is we already had our Nourish, you know, our holistic health coaching program. We're trying to figure out how to to deliver that and provide those services to people. We, on the back end, totally redid our on-demand platform. We've leveraged this time and this, space to be able to make those offerings that might be a little bit more in demand more accessible so we're working on that and yeah we're we're coming up with workshops and other things like other ways to get information and and share alkaline with the world virtually instead of in person for example like we do have a whole new product offering with the online virtual and I think there are a lot of other things we can do the question is is it is it going to be enough or is it going to be differentiated enough or special enough that people are going to want to, you know, stick with that? I think the screen, as much as I love our ability to connect online, I think the screen is hard. Like spending too much time on a screen can be really challenging, especially during summer when you're competing with the beautiful outdoor weather. So I think those things have been hard. It's the unknown. There've been a lot of challenges with just the logistics and then also managing expectations. I think that most people don't fully appreciate how much goes on behind the scenes. And we're such a small organization with <laughs> so limited funding. We don't necessarily, we we often get compared to other organizations that have w- way, way more resources, <laughs> sometimes in the billions of dollars. And so, we're doing the best we can. I think the other hard thing for me is I don't like to disappoint people. So trying to keep those you know expectations or that feedback in check and just keep reminding myself, like we're doing the best we can and we're doing a pretty darn good job and not let all the things that we're not doing derail what we are doing. Right. And the fact that I know it's always been your
1: mission, part of the reason you started Alkaline was to help people feel better, move better, live better, all those things. And even though it's not what it once was and we're in a different state, I feel like you're doing an amazing job of still providing that for people. And I think it's also, like you said, giving us the opportunity to expand our reach a little bit for people who don't live locally or when you were talking about some new ways to take the business in terms of cost, Let's be real. Boutique fitness has a price tag, and that price tag may not be necessarily reachable for everyone. But it it sounds to me like we have a plan in place to sort of work with that. Maybe you want to tell us a yeah. little about.
0: So my mission has always has always been to help people feel better, and ideally to broaden that reach and help as many people feel better as possible. So initially, when I founded Alkaline. I came from the franchise world and I thought, oh, well, the way to impact people is to open a bunch of studios and impact more people. And when you franchise a brick and mortar boutique studio, as you mentioned, there is a cost associated with that service and with that real estate. And so we do a lot of research on demographics and income and things like that so that we can make sure that brick and mortar studio is successful. But the reality is that, that is, we're just reaching a very small portion of the population and what i think this has given us the time and space to realize with everything going on in the world is like hey we can reach people way more people in different ways and it doesn't have to be necessarily through the franchise model so leveraging the 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 potential scalability of a virtual offering will allow us to reach way more people so our, our focus has always been on diversity and inclusion and being a place where everybody feels comfortable. The whole reason we pivoted away from the term bar to functional fitness is because I felt like bar had a limited reach. It was mostly women. There was a connection to ballet or dance, which was very, very intimidating for a lot of people. And the way that we train and the way we focus on functional movement and connect that movement to life is actually something that any and everybody needs at some in some way, right? We have different offerings and different levels. There's from 101 to cardio and even Pauline helping us with some of the cancer exercise training. We're considering a format that's even more introductory than the 101, but I think if we can take take what we've done and get that in the hands of more people regardless of where you are in the country, in the world, we just launched a new pay what, pay what you can product. So we're just testing it out. I mean, we're new to all this stuff, so we have to be patient with ourselves. But yeah, so we're trying to we've kind of pivoted away not away from, but added, I guess expanded on to growing our reach in a way that's beyond a brick and mortar model, which is now online and how do we help more people move better? feel better and live better.
1: And it sounds to me like we will always will continue to offer the online version of class, both live and in person via video and the recorded offerings. But I know that in San Mateo County, you've just been given the clearance to reopen gyms, which would be us included. Tell us a little bit about what that will look like. It's certainly not going to go back to 24 clients in a room and not like it it was back in early
0: March, but what, what will it look like? Do you think? So we've done a ton of planning and work on preparing this. I'm actually waiting for all my signage to arrive. We've measured out stations, I guess you can call them in, in the studio. And there's about nine stations So we have the floor taped out and your mat's in the middle and your space six feet apart from the next person. So you will have your own little area. You'll get your own cleaning supplies so you can wipe things down before or after class. And we will wear masks into the space and, and out of the space or any sort of socializing that's going on in between. But once you get to your station and you're distanced away from your neighbor, You'll be able to take your mask off. The instructor will wear a mask while teaching. And of course, it's like a no contact experience. Everything from the check-in, we're asking people to sign in and check in in advance to the tabling of <laughs> physical adjustments for now. But I, I'm excited to get back into the studio. Obviously, it's it's a bummer from a capacity standpoint that we're so reduced in capacity because longer term The costs associated with running a brick and mortar studio and the staff costs and all that is not going to work out if we can only fit nine people in the room. But for now, uh, we're going to try it and see how it goes. I'm excited to get back in, and obviously, we have some props in the studio that we don't have at home. And I think just the ability to be in the same room with folks as you're queuing, there's something about that, which is just, I don't know, from an energy (laughs) flow is really great. So yeah, there'll be limited. We're going back to limited class times. We're just, we're going to try it and see every day is different and we are, we'll try it. It's great. We throw, throw it at the wall. If it sticks, we'll keep it. And if it doesn't, we'll, we'll change it.
1: Yeah. The challenge is being comfortable with being uncomfortable. Not necessarily knowing what the next day is going to bring.
0: I can't say I've always been able to (laughs) be flexible or resilient, but it's definitely something I've been training for, for a long time and resiliency and open a beginner's mindset is is really, really important. And that's been a big part of our organization for a long time too, you know, getting out of the fixed mindset. What was, isn't necessarily what's going to be. And that's a great, this is a great example and a great test of that. And I think we've all had to flex our, our mind muscles <laughs> in all different ways. And we're expecting that of our kids with the homeschooling and our work situations and all that. And so, yeah, I think it's been a good test and I At the very beginning of this, I looked forward and thought, okay, where do I want to be on the other side? Do I want to look back and think, oh, I just sat on my hands for several months and waited for it to pass by and that was not the outcome I wanted. So I thought, well, I'm going to make the most of every day and do everything we can and be ready when we reopen and be ready to have additional offerings in case the brick and mortar thing doesn't work out. And quite frankly, we don't know we don't know what's going to happen or what people's appetite for coming back into an in-studio environment is going to be or how long this is going to last or what's going to happen if there's a resurgence so we're just taking it day by day and leveraging the opportunity to put other programming and offerings in place at the same time yeah it'll
1: it will be interesting to see how how we move through this i think it's been really great to have the outdoor offering at bumble which is you know nice outdoor space and we're we can have more people and there is something about being in person that that you mentioned before like the energy is very different when you're with people than it is being on the other side of the screen
0: yeah it's the most awkward part for me of being in person these days is the lack of being able to adjust people, which is like such a big part of where I feel like I really add value to a class and to a connection, even not being able to hug people before and after class has been really hard for me. And so I feel like it's kind of awkward. People come and then I'm like, thanks for coming. See you later. And we kind of wait. It just feels like a little bit, I don't know, a little uncomfortable, but Hey, the sacrifices we make to be, to be in person These are crazy times. Well, I have to say,
1: I just, these are crazy times. And I feel like you've done an amazing job of rolling with the punches and doing the very best to bring to our population the best of what we have to offer. So kudos to you. Thanks, Kathy. Big shout out to Lizzie because she's been a big, big part of it behind the scenes. Yeah. Yeah. We always say she's the chief spackler. This has really put her to the test. <laughs> okay, let's, let's finish with some rapid fire quarantine questions. You up for that? Of course. All right. Besides your family, who would you most want to be quarantined with? Ryan Gosling. Ryan Gosling, yeah. He'd be interesting. I still wish we could find somebody who had a connection to him so that he could be like our spokesman
0: yeah you know, awesome. I, I say that, but I don't know. I don't know if I really want to be quarantined with anybody, especially someone I don't know. <laughs> but in a in a dream world, That's true <laughs> for a brief amount of time, yeah, or maybe Oprah. What do you watch? I am watching the series on e s p n It's called well, his last Dance was the Michael Jordan one. I think it's called Thirty for Thirty. And then I watched the Lance Armstrong one. So they're pretty, they're pretty long segments, but yeah, those are pretty interesting. Oh, I didn't know there was a Lance Armstrong one. I'll have to watch yeah, that. two parts. It was, I was a big, big Lance fan back in the day. So I was very curious to watch that. Yeah. All right. What is one of your guilty pleasures? I would say chocolate, like good quality chocolate and a trashy magazine. Although Mm -hmm. I haven't, I usually buy those when I travel and I haven't traveled anywhere. So, oh, I also sometimes like true crime, like podcasts or books. Again, I haven't, haven't had any time to, to do that, but I probably should. Okay. Speaking of
1: travel, if right now everything was wide open and there was no risk associated with traveling. And I said to you, Aaron, I'm driving you to San Francisco Airport, get on any plane going anywhere, where would you go?
0: I'd probably go to Thailand.
1: Oh. And get a great Thai massage. Yes. Eat the Thai food. food. Yeah. Somewhere far, far away. Yeah. Somewhere with some ocean.
0: Yeah. I'm more yeah. definitely more of a like a beach beach vacation than anything else. All right, no
1: one deserves to sit on a beach with a cool cocktail in her hand and a trashy magazine than you. All right, what do you miss most about social isolation?
0: Hugs. Yeah, seriously, right? I'm a total hugger. And I know for people who are not huggers or touchers, they are very, very happy. But I really do miss that. I just, I guess I just miss some of the the, just the normalcy of a connection. We've seen people in our backyard or whatever, but it's still, I just, it makes me sad to think that that is probably never going to come back.
1: Oh, I hope it does.
0: I hope it does. I think it'll be, it'll be some time, but
1: fingers crossed it'll come back. All right. What have you learned about your family during this experience, both your kids and your spouse? Well,
0: I think we've, Learn that we actually really like each other a lot. That's good. It's good. Yeah. You know, it's been good. There have definitely been hard days and this is just so hard on everybody. And there are lots of like unknowns and emotions and things are just different and changes hard. But I also have enjoyed the time together. So it's yeah, I mean we've done more family walks and we've maxed out every square inch of our tiny house and tiny yard with different activities. Tony's building a playhouse for the kids which they're going to furnish with their own money. Before this they were saving for a trip to Disney, which we haven't done as a family yet and I don't know when we're able to do that. So they've they've pivoted their resources into decorating the playhouse, we put a swing in the tree in the front, you know, like we're just doing all this little stuff around the house to, to make it entertaining. And I don't know, it's been, it's been good. I'm a little sick of cooking, I think. But other than that, we've enjoyed the time together. The girls and I started watching Gilmore girls, which I never watched. I like missed that entire, I guess, 20 years or whatever (laughs) it was on. And so we have like these little dates at night where we meet up and do fun stuff. And so that's been good. So what do you hope to take of what you've experienced
1: during this time? What do you hope to take forward once life goes back to whatever
0: normal is? I think I hope to take, you know, our connection as a family forward and just the this, the community I think like the alkaline community will actually emerge stronger as a result of this you know when you go through something that's really hard together and you come out stronger on the other side I think that will be the case for us and again I don't know what the other side is gonna look like honestly but I think the hardest part for me in this process was there were about three weeks where I was feeling really really low because I just didn't know and, and the idea of potentially having to close the studio was devastating to me. These studios, I know they're a business and I talk about like the business aspect because I am a a business-minded person, but it's a very, it's a a mission and a passion that's very near and dear to my heart. So I was one day in the studio taking a class online and I was looking around and thinking, oh my gosh, if I had to close this place down, I don't know what I would do. I started crying (laughs) while I was taking class. It is very like, it's very, personal I've poured my heart and soul into this the studios have actually been around longer than my children regardless of what happens I know that we'll be okay one way or another and I think that once I realized that once I got over the oh my gosh the the fear of the unknown and all the worry I was able to just let go of some of that expectation of myself and maybe what others have on me. I don't know. I just, I just feel like no matter what happens, we'll be okay. And that's a good, that's a good feeling. I feel like, well, if we can get through this, whatever that means. (laughs) And every day it's like, I just want to get through today with grace, a little less yelling at my kids, a little more patience for everybody, for the world, for the people on next door that are complaining about everything and have no perspective about what is happening (laughs) in the universe. So. Yeah. I think that's a good place to end just with
1: that hopeful, whatever comes our way, we're
0: going to embrace it and it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. Yeah. And different is be- can be better. So there's a, a book that I read several years ago called Loving What Is. Have you read that by Byron Katie? And so I- No, but I'm-
1: I'm pretty sure it's sitting on Jeff's
0: bookcase right now. Yeah. my uh, my coach <laughs> recommended that, and so I'm just trying to go go back to those questions and and you know look at that through this all this whole situation through that lens. And anyway, I recommend it. It's by Byron Katie, loving what is, and it just it puts things in into perspective. Well, thank you so
1: much, Erin, for giving us the update and for your continuous work to make
0: alkaline,
1: an even better and brighter part of everyone's day. Thank you,
0: Kathy. Thank you for joining another episode of Alkaline Unplugged. As a reminder, please leave us a review on Apple iTunes or wherever you're listening. Comments, feedback, and requests or suggestions for future guests can be emailed to info at alkalinstudios.com. We look forward to hearing from you.